This podcast is produced by Canova Communications, leaders in developing content on every platform. Visit canovacommunications.com. Truck Tales is brought to you by the Eigner Prensky Marketing Group, a boutique marketing agency getting big results for their clients. Learn more at eignerprenskymarketing.com. Tempers may may rise and fall. Over whoopie pies? Over whoopie yes. pies, how to fill them, how to pipe them, how to store them. I'm the Libra, so I'm the balance in the family, so I kind of am the mediator when, when things go awry. Welcome to Truck Tales. A podcast that brings you behind the scenes of the food, truck, and craft beer industry. Filled with great stories, funny stories, and inspiring stories on how to start a food truck from our food truck community around the country. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner, executive producer of Food Truck Festivals of America. What the heck was I thinking? That's all I keep saying to myself. What was I thinking? Nine years ago, we took a leap of faith and produced what is and became our first food truck festival at the request of a client, the Pine Hills, a master plan community about an hour south of Boston in Plymouth. And thousands of people showed up to wait in line for a hot dog or a grilled cheese sandwich. We were blown away. We thought, well, maybe we're onto something. Maybe people really will take to food trucks and mobile food kitchens as a new dining option in the 2000s. As it turned out, they do, they did, and here we are nine years later, having produced over about 100 food truck festivals involving thousands of food trucks around the country, actually, and off we go. We felt it was time for a podcast, time to tell you some of the backstories and some of the recipes and some of the funny things that happen at not only our food truck and craft beer festivals, but actually under the tent sometime. One of the best ways to start, we thought, was by involving some of our trucks. And we think some of the best stories come from the food trucks that also are run by families. Believe it or not, there are families. Second generations are already taking over some of the management of not only the brick and mortar businesses that these people run, but also the trucks themselves. We're honored and thrilled to involve one of our longtime and favorite trucks. We're pleased to be able to speak today with Mary Banderick. Mary, Chris, and Julian, one of the kids who runs Whoopi Wagons, based in uh, Topsfield, Massachusetts, just north of Boston, where she's run her brick and mortar for many years, and we're delighted that the family can join us. Thanks for having us, and we really appreciate our relationship and being on the podcast. It might be helpful, for, especially for people who are not from your area or from the New England area, to understand what is a whoopie pie. For us, what we always say, it's an old-fashioned you know, taste of home where people remember coming home and their moms made whoopie pies fresh and had them on the counter so it's the two pieces of cake on the outside cream on the inside but when we hear our customers they think about oh my gosh when I was younger so it's very reminiscent and I think that's why whoopie pies are so popular because everyone feels like a kid everyone remembers growing up with them up here in New England it's 
it's just a tradition. Now, don't tell anybody about the Winolis. That's all I ask. <laughs> and for our listeners, Winolis are a cross between a whoopie pie and a cannoli, and they are to die for. Yes, and um, we trademarked it, and it's becoming more and more popular now. People are doing weddings where they're just Winoli weddings, and nothing makes us happier because we'd love to see it become a national thing. Unbelievable. Really fabulous. My fave. Mary, let's start with you on your background in the food business in general. I started working in an Italian bakery when I was 15 years old. And it was a bakery that was traditional Italian and there were no girls at all allowed in the kitchen. So I was a counter girl. I had no interest in the field other than I needed a job for my 15-year-old spending. <laughs> Worked there all the way through high school and a couple years of college. And when I decided that that's what I really wanted to do, I left college and the bakery and went to Johnson & Wales, which was opening up their baking and pastry art school that year. And, you know, it's all history from there. And Chris, get a little bit of your background, please. I, as well, started when I was 15 as a busboy. My father got me the job, actually, with his friend's German restaurant in Hackettstown, New Jersey, which is about an hour from New York City, an hour from the Poconos. So that's kind of where it all started. And then from there, I went to another restaurant about a, a mile away. And the chef was a graduate of Johnson Wales. And he kind of mentored me and told me a little bit about the school and gave me some insight as far as the industry and things of that nature. And then I did some work in restaurants and hotels. And then from there, prior to coming to the bake shop full time, I was in um, higher education with food service management companies and then joined the bake shop nine years full-time. So you and Mary have operated the bake shop for nine years in Topsfield. Let's give it a little bit of a plug. It's Topsfield Bake Shop. It's a small community and every, all of my friends said, if you're gonna open a bakery, you have to go to Boston. Do not stay up there in Topsfield where no one knows what's going on. And um, I fell in love with the community and knew that if I was going to move my business out of my home, I wanted to do it where the people that supported us and knew our family and knew that we were going to stay here. And that's what we did. And we are really excited that we did made that decision. Julian, when did you join the circus? <laughs> I joined the... born into the circus. <laughs> the circus was in my basement growing up. <laughs> And I was I was busting suds as a, a 12 year old in my basement once that commercial kitchen was made. Obviously, high school went to Johnson and Wales in Providence as well. Would come home on my breaks and summer vacation, and obviously work the wagon and the bakery. And then, you know, years later, opening up that retail location in front of the commercial kitchen downtown. So basically, since I was 11, 12 years old. I think probably younger. I think people used to be horrified <laughs> knowing that he had a French knife in his hand at like nine <laughs> when we were cooking for the church events. So it's been forever. And when he announced, uh, when we kept at saying like, well, where do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? And he said, Johnson and Wales. We were horrified. We're like, why? And he's like, that's all I know. <laughs> like we never made that relationship. We just didn't see that that was something that he was going to do. But we couldn't be more happy. Let's take it out of the bake shop. When did the whole idea of the food truck take us to that moment when you said, 
we're going to start a food truck. It was, yeah, it was really born at the Topsfield Fair. And prior yes. to that, it was yep. this little store downtown Topsfield that asked if we could make some whoopie pies. And I'm from Connecticut. I never even heard of a whoopie pie. So I said, well, I'll come up with a couple recipes and bring them down. And if it's something that you like, you know, then I'll continue. Well, it became like a Seinfeld episode where people were kind of waiting outside the door for me to show up in the morning with the whoopie pies. So when the Top Seal Fair asked us if we would do a three-day craft event at the Top Seal Fair, which is an 11-day fair, but this was three days under a sheep tent um, where all crafters were. We were the only food. They asked if we could do that. I thought, yeah, we could do that. So I came up with the name the Whoopie Wagon because in my mind, I kind of pictured in the future if it really did work out, that maybe we'd bring like a cart to a birthday party or, you know, it would be some sort of an old fashioned wagon. I didn't think food truck because food trucks weren't really going on back then. So we named it the Whoopie Wagon and in three days, I was hoping we'd sell maybe a hundred Whoopie Pies a day and we were selling seven and 800 a day. And then the, the rest is history. With the next year, the fair asked us if we wanted to be a permanent part of the fair and have a booth. And that's exactly what we did. I always grab on Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. They're family-owned, operated, and argued over for the past 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear some of those arguments. Julian, maybe we should ask you. Yeah, go ahead, Jules. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Everyone has what to say, Emory. They're fast and furious. As you know, all three boys, everybody has their own way that they want that wagon to work, and no one else, no matter who you are, is allowed to say otherwise. So go ahead, Jules. All I know is it's working. It's working well. Right, right. Well, <laughs> buttons may be pressed, Anne-Marie, here and there. Probably too many occasions to count, but I think what it is, everybody has their own work ethic and the way they would like things done or the way they perceive an idea coming to life that way. Not malicious in any way. I think it's just... Sometimes malicious. <laughs> I think just in what direction you want to steer the van, if you were to put it in perspective that way. Um, you know, what direction you want to pull the business in and where you see it going. And that all comes with constructive criticism and maybe a bit of yelling here and there. But I think a lot of it all stems from the passion and the pride that we take in the business. And, and why we take it so seriously. So tempers may rise and fall, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it is all for the business and the success of the business. Give us an example of an argument and how it gets resolved. <laughs> um, you're, oh, la you're, you're laughing, so you're, that's a good sign. You're putting me on the gun here. Emory, I could just tell you that on many occasions, they say to Chris, Dad, get her out of here or there's going to be a big problem. <laughs> and seeing that I'm the only girl in the family, they're talking about me. Oh, that's right. So wait, so you've got the three boys and your husband and you. Exactly. And, the, and that's the famous line. I should have a t-shirt that says that. Dad, get her out of here. There's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> because the boys have all inherited my, my strong personality, the ability to argue, and also the OCD and the, the focus on perfection. And we all have our own ways of getting that done. So that's where that's where tempers flare. <laughs> Over whoopie pies? Over whoopie yes. pies, how to fill them, how to pipe them, how to store them, how everything, you name it. 
because everyone has their own way. Is there one way that is more successful than any other? Haven't heard much from Chris. Well, you know what, Anne-Marie, I'm the Libra, so I'm the balance in the in the family. So I kind of am the mediator when, when things go awry. And just at the fair, the booth is so small, so whenever one of us of the five show up, we start rearranging things the way we like it when we're there not even paying attention to that the other person's still there and has established their way of doing it for the past four hours or six hours. There's the fight right there. Hey, it's Anne Marie, just taking a quick break to remind you that if you have any feedback or interesting stories that you'd like to share with us, please send it to info at foodtruckfestivalsofamerica.com. And now let's get back to our conversation. Truck Tales is brought to you by the Eigner Prensky Marketing Group, a boutique marketing agency getting big results for their clients. Learn more at EignerPrenskyMarketing.com. That making W-H-O-O-P-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
to have those relationships. Yeah, they're great. Well, you work very hard at them. Obvious question. Are you all on salary? Julian is still on an hourly rate. Mary and I are on salary. That's how we pay our, ourselves. There's really no profit sharing. Anything that's extra at the end of the month or end of the year goes back into the business. Any tips for somebody who might be wanting to start a food truck, Chris? Well, I think with the whoopie pies, it was a kind of unique feature. I know there are other trucks out there that you know are similar. The taco trucks, there's, there's a, a few of those. I think it was an interesting niche that we fell into that is unlike any other dessert that's out there. So I, I think the... The thought for someone going into it is kind of strategically look at, you know, maybe a item that's unique that has not been presented to the audience yet and try to work on that to get that food item or food product out there. So find something unique. Correct. Yeah. And I know, I know it's really hard to say. Like, I feel like if we tried to move into Top Seals and just open up a bakery, I don't feel that we would have been successful. I think just between timing and relationships, we've done everything in a way that we were able to just move from one thing to another because of establishing, you know, people knowing who we were and what our product does and what we stand behind. The reason we're not on, you know, shelves in CVS or 7-Eleven is because we don't use preservatives. We bake everything fresh and nothing's frozen we just everything is fresh and we're able to do it quickly so it's hard for us to say you know it should somebody start a food truck we don't really know what that would be because we've just evolved our initial business well i i I have a question now for um speaking of fresh for julian what tips do you have for working with your family patience and marie patience i think a lot of it you know, has to do with that fine line between being a family member and then a business partner or boss. I think what it comes down to is the vision and, and, and where you see it going. And and sometimes that does have to do with biting your tongue and maybe holding back what you would like to say or what you were thinking and, you know, step back from the situation and not look at it as your mother or your father or your brother and think about it as a, a coworker or a boss or somebody with the same rank. That being said, not an easy process, but I think definitely you need patience and you need professionalism if you want to be successful with the family. What about the future? Right now, the future <laughs> is this movement of our commercial kitchen to the other side of town. But I think the future, it's hard to say. We're at that tipping point, Amory. So we don't know what's going to happen. First of all, I have an amazing team of girls, mostly from Johnson and Wales, that I've collected over the years. One's been with me for nine years, one, five, one, four, the other one, um, probably three that stick with us and and are part of our extended bake shop family. I know that they feel the same passion about our business as our boys do and we do. I would love for the bake shop to go on for years to come with the help of those ladies and, and my sons, if that's the route they choose. But we've always said, Don't stay with the business because you feel obligated. Stay with it if you want to. And I remember there was a big argument with Christian one year after Julian left school. Why are we letting him go down to Cape Cod to work in a restaurant? Why aren't we making him stay here? 
And the answer was the same we gave when Damien left um, to go explore down in Nantucket. We don't want to make anybody stay here. If people want to be here, we want them to be here, of course, but we want everyone to find their own path. And whether it is with the bake shop or not, you know, we'll find out one day. But we decided that we're kind of young enough to take on this adventure and move the bake shop and make that, you know, big investment to get our workspace to be a lot more functional and in five years we'll probably be revisiting this question again what what about the bake shop and who's going to take it on well i'm not we're not waiting until five years to get (laughs) so we'll we'll be back in touch with you and we'll look forward to work working with you and we wish you all the best on the move thank you guys really all your hard work christian damien julian we know who the powers behind you are believe me and from our family our ftfa family to your family we wish you the best thank you Marie. thanks Anne Marie. so that's just one of the many thousands of stories that we have about food truck food truck owners and those who participate with us around the country in our festivals if you have a story or you know of a food truck that should be profiled or you are a food truck and you have an interesting backstory or recipe that you'd like to share with us, please send it to us at info at foodtruckfestivalsofamerica.com. This is meant to be a food truck and craft beer community of interesting stories, funny stories, crazy stories. That's why we're calling it Truck Tales. Thank you for listening. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner, executive producer of Food Truck Festivals of America, and I look forward to next time. This podcast is produced by Canova Communications, leaders in developing content on every platform. Visit canovacommunications.com. Uh-huh.